Hi, everyone. My name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome back to the AMM Torah Podcast. It's been a few weeks since, since we last recorded. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with me, and uh, I hope that uh, this week's Torah will make up for, for the past couple of weeks that I haven't been able to do it. So let's get right into it with this week's Torah for Parshas Shemini. So Parshas Shemini begins with Moshe handing over the reins of the Mishkan to Aaron and his sons. For the first week that the Mishkan uh, was around, Moshe had built it and taken it down every single day. And he had brought all the karbanos, and he had done the entire avodah of the Mishkan. And then now, Bayom Hashmini, Shmini meaning eight, on the eighth day, Moshe hands over the reins to Aaron and his sons. And that's the beginning of the Parsha. The second half of the Parsha is a fun part. We go through, the Torah goes through, which animals are kosher and not kosher. And those halachos include um, what makes an animal kosher, uh, which animals are kosher, which animals are not kosher. We're given many examples of, uh, of both kosher and non-kosher animals. Animals uh, include the what I've divided into four categories of cattle, uh, birds, beasts, meaning wild animals, and bugs. So what is the idea of kosher? What is the idea of Hashem telling us you can eat this, but you can't eat that? And this is what you must do with your food before you eat it. So there are many things, especially nowadays when we've uh, gone, or where we have more uh, of a thought process that goes into what we eat and how we eat than they may have a thousand years ago. The idea of kosher is for us to be holy and pure. We are a holy nation special to God. And Hashem wants us to only partake of animals that will allow us to maintain that standard of tahara, of purity, which will then allow us to stay close to Him. Now, there are a few animals that we can see why they might be kosher, why they might be considered pure, why they might be considered, why they might not be considered pure. But for the most part, we really have no idea why one animal is kosher and the other isn't. And honestly, we don't even completely understand this concept of food uh, making us tahar or making us tame. What we do know is 100% is that the Torah tells us this is what we should do. And for the most part, when it comes to kashras, that's the logic that we have to follow, or really the, the faith based of it. Still, there are certain aspects of the kashras of animals which we can understand. Specifically, there are different characteristics by different animals that show us how they could be not necessarily kosher or not kosher, but more or less spiritual, more or less kadosh. And understanding that level of uh, that potential uh, to the uh, to the level of kadusha that is found in those animals, we can then understand different halachos that apply to them. Because even not all kosher animals have the same halachos uh, as each other. Right? There's, no, there's not necessarily a unifying theory of kashras, as we will explain. So the Kliyakar brings several examples throughout the Parsha of this concept. And the first one he brings is explaining the difference between uh, cattle or wild animals, beasts of the land, and birds. And this is uh, his shot on Parakid Aleph, Pasakid Gimel. And he explains like this. In this week's Parsha, when the Torah t- is telling us about kosher birds, it only lists the non-kosher ones, which implies that there are more kosher ones. 
right? Making it easier to just list the non-kosher ones because they're fewer. But in Sefer Tavarim, in Parshas A, which is the other time that the Torah tells us about uh, what animals are kosher or not, it lists the wild animals, and it lists over there the kosher ones, which implies that there are more non-kosher ones. So why is it? Why is it that there are more kosher birds than non-kosher birds, but when it comes to uh, beasts, wild animals, or cattle, there are more non-kosher ones? So he says a very interesting idea. He says it has to do with the effect of physicality on the animal. Birds have the ability to soar above the ground. They stay in the heavens. That's where they spend most of their time. They spend very little time next to the ground, next to that physicality. But when it comes to uh, cattle, they are completely stuck on the ground. There is there is no way in their lives that they're going to uh, get to the heavens. And therefore, they're stuck. They're takua in that physicality, in that gashmius, which is surrounding them. There's nothing more gashmi than dirt, than the ground. And there's no way for them to escape it. So therefore, when it comes to birds, there's going to be more kosher birds because they can uh, go above the impure to the pure, above the physicality to the spiritual. But animals, there's going to be more non-kosher animals because it's more difficult for them to break out of their physicality. So the Kliyakar, really at the end of the Parsha, in Perakid Aleph, Pasuk, Memhei, extends this idea to the halachas of shechita, of slaughtering. A standard shechita involves cutting through uh, two pipes, the windpipe and the esophagus, the food pipe. Now, when it comes to cattle, you must cut through both or the shechita is not good. But when it comes to birds, at the end of the day, if you only cut through one, the shechita counts. We want you to cut through both, but if for whatever reason you weren't able to get through both, it's still good. But then there's a third category. Fish don't require any shrita at all. So what is the difference between all these animals that, that leads to three different levels of shrita? So the Kliyakar explains, and I believe it uh, is built off of his earlier explanation on Pasuk Gimel. When cattle were created, they were created from the ground. And like we said, they spend their lives on the ground. They cannot get above the ground. And therefore, they have the most amount of impurity among all creations because they are the most shakua to physical dirt, to, to physicality of this world. And therefore, they need a break out of that physicality the most. And a full shrita is required uh, to remove that, to bring them to the purest state. Now, while birds were created from the ground, they spend most of their time above the ground, in the heavens, closer to the spirituality. They have the ability to break out of the physicality. And therefore, they have less uh, impurities to remove. And again, while cutting both pipes is the ideal, if only one is cut, it's still a good shrita. But fish, fish is a different category. Fish were created in water and they spend all their time in water. Water is a fascinating subject in Judaism. It, it it is the closest thing that we have on this earth of a physical thing, which is spiritual. And there are so many different things to discuss about water. And, and as I was writing this to our Torah and, and researching this to our Torah this week, I, I have a time now to work on a project about water because there's just so much connection between water and, and Ruchnias in this world and, and, and 
water is the most pure substance on earth, right? There's nothing more basic than water. Everything is made up of water. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself over here. There's so much to discuss about water, but, but the most relative ideas to us, uh, I believe, are these three. Number one, uh, we purify ourselves through water. We have mikvahs. Mikvahs have to be uh, pure water. And you go in there and uh, you go in tame, impure, and you come out tahar. The second way is that there's a very famous comparison of water to Torah. That the same way we cannot survive without water, we also cannot survive without Torah. And the third um, is uh, my own idea that I had, is that uh, when you're in water, you experience uh, more weightlessness than you do on the land. And I was thinking that that weightlessness you feel in water could be representative of the separation between yourself and the physicality of the surrounding world. So a fish, which spends its entire life in water and, and came out of the water, would constantly have that separation from the Gashmias surrounding it. And therefore, the fish would require no shrita at all. There is such little... The, the physicality that needs to be removed from them is just the fact that they are in this world. And that can't be removed, right? You don't remove that from cattle, you don't remove that from, from birds, so therefore no shrita is required at all. So these are just a few of the ideas, uh, these are just two ideas really, that are discussed in this parsha about the laws uh, behind kosher animals. Some of them are on a deeper level such as this, but uh, there really are so many of them that are on a much um, easier level to understand. And uh, I would really encourage everyone to go out there and find uh, as many of them as you can because it really leads to a much better understanding into why it is so important what we eat. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for Amem Torah, as well as the written version of the Dvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the Amem Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this week's Dvar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of Amem Torah Divrei Torah please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash amemtorah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great Shabbos.